With the Tónaise Michal Martin signalling his support for a health-led approach to the drugs problem, could we soon be taking a vastly different approach to the policing of drugs? Could it lead to decriminalisation or absolute legalisation? And would either of those be sensible? What impact could it have on the illegal drug trade here? Well, for more on this, I'm joined by prevention and addiction counsellor and former founder of the Ashton Group, Marie Byrne, and by GP working in homelessness and addiction for the last 25 five years, Dr. Austin O'Carroll. Uh, but first, uh, I'm going to talk to Cormac O'Keefe, security correspondent for the Irish Examiner. Cormac, good morning. Uh, good morning. I'm looking at the headline in the your paper this morning, Tonnesta signal support for decriminalisation of drugs. It's a bit more nuanced than that. He's in favour of a citizens' assembly uh, and a health-led approach, uh, which might not lead to either of the two options of decriminalisation and legalisation, you could presumably have both in parallel. Yeah, I mean, I suppose there has been incremental uh, movement, particularly over the last, I say, five years at government level uh, in this area. They did set up an expert committee of very high-ranking people, particularly within uh, government departments and the police and so on, uh, who that looked at possession um, of drugs issue and uh, in particular examined Portugal and other countries that had gone down a similar route. That found um, that our legal system is such that it's hard to decriminalise um, the possession of drugs. Uh, you either have to have them uh, criminalised or, or legal. What that came up was a recommendation for a diversion model where by people who are caught in possession of any drugs of, of a small amount for personal use could be referred to uh, a new health. Okay, so it would mean, that though, that the, the drugs trade uh, and the gangs and so on would still be operating, and then you try to, to interf- intervene appropriately in those uh, that are having a problem with their consumption of illegal drugs and help them to beat the habit, uh, but the gangs carry on along their merry way. Yeah, it is, it is the big issue with decriminalisation. There is absolutely no doubt about it. Um, the, the supply of the drugs would still be in the hands of the criminal gangs. Uh, we have seen, particularly in the Netherlands, which has a, a sort of decriminalised model, um, violence, gangland violence has increased there in recent years. We've had the murder of a journalist. We have death threats against police judges, ministers, uh, similarly in Belgium, um, the police there and Europol, the EU police agency, are very concerned about that. So, you know, with a decriminalised model, while there's obviously arguments there for the individual person, the supply of the drugs will still remain uh, within the hands of criminal gangs. A lot of money involved, so there's a lot of violence involved. Yeah. Uh, so if you were to take it out of the hands of the criminals by simply making drugs available of all kinds, whether it's crystal meth or heroin or cocaine or, or hash, make it all freely available, um, who's going to be supplying this stuff? That that might be a question. And as we saw, for example, with cannabis, you know, people could grow their own in the back garden, but the amount of THC mm. in it would be far lower than the stuff that was being supplied by the gangs. Um, you know, would criminality just evaporate? I don't think so. I mean, the experience from the US is very hard to get a clear handle on because you have research points in one direction or another. Uh, but illicit markets have continued in a lot of the states where uh, cannabis has been le- legalised. 
Um, it's obviously going to be cheaper. I mean, to produce something legally and to have insurance and to pass all the necessary um, medical and and pharmacy standards obviously costs money uh, so it is going to be more expensive yeah. chances are and may be weaker um, and so no one over in the have... United States presumably is calling for the legalization of, of heroin uh, because I mean they already have a massive opioid problem with uh, prescription drugs they do yeah, uh, uh, they have a huge ongoing crisis there I mean heroin can be provided legally in some countries um i think it's in switzerland has a, a long running uh program in, in this area and i think even the uk has had one i mean we we have a government policy now which is obviously has been tied up in the course of setting up a medically uh supervised injection center where you will in effect have people bringing in heroin that is illegal into a facility yeah. be able to take I mean the argument is that, that they can have if someone ODs in one yeah. of these injection centres they have the antidote to, to hand and immediately they have admit. the expertise at hand and they, they have proven uh, by research to be very successful they've mm. had very few if any fatal overdoses in the centres that have been set up all right, uh, Cormac, thank you very much uh, for that, Cormac O'Keefe, who's security correspondent with the Irish Examiner. Um, Dr. Austin O'Carroll, what is your take on this debate? Well, first of all, it's just I want to be clear. I mean, I'm a big, I'm absolutely in favour of decriminalisation. I think the name is confusing because people confuse it with legalisation. Decriminalisation is just saying that when someone is found with drugs in their person for personal use, rather than put them into prison, which we know doesn't help their, their drug use, and in fact oftentimes worsens it, we're offering them health interventions to help them get away from using drugs. And the evidence from Portugal is overwhelming. Um, this has shown that when you actually decriminalize, one is you actually reduce, more people volunteer to go for health treatment. You have a reduction in overdose deaths, and overdose deaths kill a lot of people. There's around one death a day almost from overdose deaths um, in Ireland. Overdose deaths reduce. The transmission of bloodborne viruses such as HIV and hepatitis C reduce. And the number of people incarcerated significantly reduces or put in prison. So it reduces the pressure on the prison system. And just to clarify, there's no evidence that actually decriminalization, it doesn't actually make sense. Decriminalization doesn't cause increase in criminal activity. In Portugal, there was no increase in criminal activity. There's no increase in drug tourism. And it doesn't make sense there would be because um, you're not touching the criminal market. You're just saying it's people who use personal use. We're going to do a health intervention. And um, I mean, you say about, we know in Ireland, we have, we, we have criminalized drugs. Yeah, we're still having plenty of violence, plenty of gun violence. It hasn't worked, that approach, in preventing it. Decriminalization is not about legalizing drugs. If you're, if you're caught in possession for selling drugs, if you're a part of a criminal gang, you are still hit the full, um, the full uh, weight of the law and the justice mm-hmm. system. It's just about a more humane approach to those people who end up using drugs and it's about not only a more humane approach, but it's a more cost-effective approach for society, and you save lives. It makes absolute sense. Yeah, it does not address the the gang problem, though, does it? Uh, you know, and the violence that is associated with that. I mean, if you're flogging heroin as a member of a gang, your chances of reaching the age of 40 are a lot slimmer than someone who's working in an insurance office. No, absolutely. But just to clarify, it's not addressing the gang thing, but it's not making it worse. It's not so. It's it's a separate issue from the gang thing. The gang thing, is, you know, is such they're still face the law. 
but it's no different. It's no different if you decriminalize if you're in a gang or if you're selling. You're still the same. As okay, before. so so your your position is that you decriminalize. Yeah. In other words, you don't send people to prison for uh, having on their possession a small amount of uh, any substance which could be construed as simply for personal use. Um, but you know the drug barons are still free to sell as they wish to that very same I, individual I, I, you're trying to save. As they do now. As yeah. No different to now. No different. You're just, if you go to legalization, just to clarify, and I'm not a fan of legalization, I'll tell you why. There is evidence that if you do legalization, example, the classic example was Al Capone back then, when alcohol was illegal, hooch, illegal hooch in, in, in Chicago uh, back then, yes, criminal gangs and violence became associated with alcohol. And when they actually legalized alcohol, yes, you had a big reduction in the use of in criminal gangs because they could buy it. Why would you go mm. to on the black market? However, what happens is you get a lot more people addicted to alcohol. So there's a lot more alcoholism as a result. So if you legalize drugs, there is evidence that it would probably lead to the reduction in crime gangs, but you'll end up with more people with addictions to alcohol. Now, the alcohol, that addiction won't be as harmful because you don't end up in the black market or involved in crime trying to sustain the addiction, but you still have all the problems of addiction. Mm. So I'm not a fan of legalization for those reasons. But I am a fan of decriminalization. And I think this idea of concentration of the criminal gangs saying is, no, decriminalization has nothing to do with criminal gangs. Criminal gangs are operating freely at the moment, um, despite... No, but the theory would be that if you don't have something to sell because it's freely available in uh, official outlets, then you go out of business. Oh, so legalization, yes, would address that issue, but you'll end up with much more people addicted. Okay. And that's the, that's the problem. Right. Marie, well, what is your analysis of this problem and its potential solution? <laughs> yeah, well, I, as you know, Pat, I've worked all over the world and I've been in Rio with the police working in the areas where they have all the gang urban warfare. Um, and I totally, 100% agree with Carmack. He is absolutely on the ball about um, what has happened in other countries. I would need to correct one thing there that was said. Portugal has not been a success. And that's a misnomer because in actual fact, the mayor who reported or supported bringing that in has now asked for recriminalization of it because what he said it actually has done is consented to drug trafficking and they have an increase of it. They also yeah. now have... One of my drugs. texters, Marie, says uh, decriminalization in Portugal has been a disaster. Too much access to gateway drugs. Heroin use has gone through the roof in younger people. Um, is that what you're reporting? Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I follow all the time with DEA and with, you know, internationally. And I look at the American how they're doing because I deal with parent groups in America who are looking for help in that. But they have had a huge problem with the drug problem falling to lower. In Ireland, we our children start around age 14 initially. Now it's down to about 12. So really, if you want to address, you have to address the market for drug use as well. And the drug use market starts at about 12. And that's with cannabis because children see it as not something that hurts them. In actual fact, it has severe, uh, there's severe health consequences. So if you want to deal with it as a health issue, you cannot say that it's okay to have any of it, not knowing how it's going to affect that child or teenager. Mm. Um, as, as to whether we're effective with the criminal gangs, and I've dealt with, with many who some have gone into recovery, um, they would say that it is important that you have a policing on it because it does make it more difficult. Yeah. And the reason that was proven, in fact, is 
it was the Colombians and the Mexican um, suppliers, their big suppliers, of course, of uh, drugs across the world. They were the ones who actually supported legalization or decriminalization when they went to the UN conventions on drugs. So they did it because they saw it as a great potential for actually legalizing their business. So in my experience, what you really need to tackle, and we have never done it in Ireland. Mm. It's, it's, a, a thorny, it's a thorny facility. issue. When we have, uh, you know, regularly on this program, we've got uh, medics uh, telling us that, uh, you know, you should only have three units of alcohol a week. We have a massive uh, liver problem here, a massive alcohol problem. Uh, and therefore, anything that makes access to other substances that are potentially medically harmful, uh, I could imagine, would be a pretty difficult uh, debate to have and to resolve, although there is support for that Citizens' uh, Assembly. So, Marie, finally, what are you in favour of? Decriminalisation, you know, was the health-led approach which the Taoiseach seems to be supporting? Oh, no, never. And in Never? Fact, no, no, never, because I think that what I, we have used the court where young people have had early interventions and their lives have been saved because they have been brought into court and the judge has set up a situation where they have a choice to go to a recovery program or somewhere. And you must remember that there are thousands and thousands of people in Ireland who are in recovery from alcohol or drug use, and it flies in their face that they have to now walk possibly past places where you can get a supply of drugs, you know, that are decriminalised. And many, many people are trying to stay in recovery here and leading very good lives. Decriminalising is not going to take away the shame of feeling like you're an addict yeah. because no one likes to walk in and say they have an alcoholic problem, for instance. Oh, all right. Marie, we, we will leave it there. Marie Byrne, Prevention and Addiction Counselor, former founder of the Ashling Group, and Dr. Austin O'Carroll, a GP working in homelessness and addiction for the last uh, 25 years.